Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. We're 15 minutes. Yep, it could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. I am jmart. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. Wish you would. I am blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. If you want to join us, and by us, I mean Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, the trifecta spinning the dials radio style for me out in Los Angeles. some point, I'm going to start calling Finley Big B because I keep hearing Andy Furman do it and just screaming at Brian. And so I've got to do that, especially now that he's taking over uh, Bronx Talk Radio, which is something I enjoy listening to at the end of their first hour. 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Well, can you feel it? This is quite a day, folks. This Sunday, and Brooks Kepka has made it a little bit less so, as have the Milwaukee Bucks. But there's a whole lot going on today in the world of sports and in pop culture. Game of Thrones comes to an end tonight, which means Twitter's going to explode with a bunch of people upset. I can go ahead and tell you that right now. 
there will be another petition saying that the first petition wasn't enough and that not only do they need to remake season eight, they need to draw and quarter the two showrunners, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. But it comes to an end tonight. The Raptors, in a must-win scenario against the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't know if they can get it done. I'll discuss that series and when it really felt like it was over to me a bit later on. There's the final round of the second major. It used to be Glory's last shot. I guess now it's Glory's second chance. The PGA Championship. And I see this headline at ESPN.com explaining to me why this is still a tournament worth watching. I'm here to tell you it's not unless you just want to watch dominance. If Kepka, the most surprising thing in the world would be not just somebody catching Kepka, but him allowing it. It ain't going to happen. This dude is doing things we have not seen since Tiger Woods. I know that sounds ridiculous to invoke that name, but it's not ridiculous. We will discuss that as well. Pro wrestling fans, Money in the Bank, one of the biggest shows of the year, is also tonight. I don't know how we're going to handle it. There may be hockey. I don't know. I assume one of the conference finals will be playing. Probably St. Louis and San Jose again based on the fact that they played yesterday and split a day. But the Warriors and Blazers, it's now a 3-0 series. Golden State 110, Portland 99. Portland again with a big lead. They led by 17 in Game 2, lost that lead. They led by 18 in Game 3, lost that lead, lost the game, lost the series. This thing's a wrap. It's probably going to be a sweep. And it's... You know, I did not like the way Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy talked about how it looked like Portland just had no heart and had given up i don't think they gave up i just don't think they're quite good enough especially if the athletic is right and damian lillard has this rib injury that he suffered in game two which might explain why he looked a little strange down the stretch of that game and why he just looked like he had nothing tonight at all or last night i guess now hasn't been that long since that game came to a close but at the end of the day golden state's better than portland They have players that you can trust on that roster, so it shouldn't come as any real surprise that we're seeing this. Draymond Green has turned back the clock. He dropped 25 pounds in the last couple of months of the season, and he's out there with a motor that just can't be denied. And I have been on record many times saying that I believe Draymond Green to be a fake tough guy, a dude that talks a lot because, well, he's got the bullies behind him. He's got Hall of Famers that can back up his trash talk. You've seen that before. It's like there's always the dude that talks a whole lot of smack because he's friends with the football team for some reason because he makes them laugh. And so he can go out there and talk crap and then they will pound the other dudes into dirt and then he continues to talk crap. Well, Draymond Green had that effect to me for a long period of time and I still think that that's an accurate depiction, but he's also a fantastic basketball player. And he's a great ball player on both sides, offensively and defensively. And last night... That's as good as I've seen him play since probably Game 7 in 2016 in the loss in the NBA Finals. This is as good as we've seen. This series is the best I've seen Draymond play for a sustained length of time in a while. He led that team. Now, Curry had 36 points, yet another 30-plus game without Kevin Durant on the floor for Steph. But this thing was all about Draymond. It was about his hustle. 
It was about his attitude. It was about his rebounding, his assists. He had a triple-double in the game, but the stats really don't do justice to the impact that he had on this particular matchup on this particular night. Draymond Green, at one point, Jordan Bell blew a layup, and it was Draymond Green that just walked over and kind of gave him a fist pound and just said, hey, bro, it's going to be all right. That's a young player that was given confidence based on Draymond Green's sort of playing coach on the floor. There was nothing negative coming from Draymond Green tonight. Last week when I compared the Warriors to the Avengers, I mentioned that Draymond Green was the Incredible Hulk, that he can be volatile and he can be destructive at times, but he can also do a whole lot of damage in your favor. Well, last night it was all on display on the positive side. Even in the post game, when he was talking to Doris Burke, he just seemed to be happy. That team seems to be happy. And there's something to be said for that. You won't get me to say that they are better without Kevin Durant. And I can give you stats and numbers, and I wrote over 2,000 words about this a couple of days ago on my blog. But you will get me to say that this team seems to enjoy playing with one another in a different capacity when KD is not on the hardwood with them. The ball movement and the spacing and the beautiful brand of ball that we all used to watch with the dubs pre-Kevin Durant, it's back. They've brought out the Greatest Hits album, and it is selling like hotcakes, and we're remembering those songs that we used to love to watch them play. This Golden State team, if it matches up with the Milwaukee Bucks, the question becomes, can they win a title without Kevin Durant? And I don't think that I could pick against guys that have won as much as Golden State has against a team that has never been anywhere close to this before. But you might get me closer and closer if they're able to close out the Raptors in spectacular fashion. Game three tonight for Toronto is massive, to say the least. And the one thing that you are noticing about Giannis Antetokounmpo is he's not sitting around celebrating winning the first game in a series. He's not sitting around celebrating winning a second game in a series or winning earlier playoff rounds. When he was asked after the game about MVP voting and all of that, he said, I just want to go to Toronto and get a win. He is all business. And his team is following suit. And now they've got Malcolm Brogdon back. And Brogdon, who was a rookie of the year a couple of years ago, is a guy that shoots well from beyond the arc, does what you want, is a little bit more athletic than maybe he appears at first glance, and he just gives them even more depth. And that's one thing that the Bucks are going to have over the Warriors is depth. Even with what we're seeing from Jarebko and Bell and McKinney and all of these guys, the depth on the Bucks is coming from guys that can really contribute and have done so on a fairly consistent basis all year round. The biggest difference in the Eastern Conference Finals is that Toronto goes about seven deep and Milwaukee's in double figures in terms of guys that they can put out there. And so these dudes wearing Raptors jerseys are increasingly exhausted. Kawhi is tired. Kyle Lowry gave you 30 in Game 1 and you lost. And then he kind of reverted back to being more the Kyle Lowry that we expect, unfortunately, to see in the postseason when he went 4-for-13 for 13 in Game 2 in that thrashing in Milwaukee. That matchup that seems like we might get two sweeps in the conference finals to get there, and I don't think the finals start, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 12 days from now. 
regardless of when the conference finals come to a close. So it's possible next weekend there's no basketball. It's possible by the time I'm filling in for Clay Travis the Friday before Memorial Day, we have nothing to do but preview a finals matchup that's still six days away. Maybe Toronto can get a win and extend that series. When it started, I thought it would be Bucks in six and Warriors in five. That's where I've been. I would be shocked at this point if the Raptors won too. Now, so far, the series is just on serve. All Milwaukee did was hold their home court. Now Toronto has the opportunity to do the same. It will be a raucous atmosphere. That is a great building. It will be loud. I just don't know that they have the horses right now. I mean, what the hell has happened to Pascal Siakam? I mean, he's been a total no-show. He was a no-show in Game 7 against the Sixers, and he has not gotten off the mat yet. It's almost like Deontay Wilder knocked him out at some point against the Philadelphia 76ers, and he hasn't known where he is since that point. This is a guy that supposedly, you can read this, you can find this, article after article discussing how the Raptors believe he's the consolation prize if Kawhi chooses to go elsewhere in the offseason. That they feel they can build around Pascal Siakam. Maybe they can because he's really good, but we aren't seeing it right now. We're seeing a guy that looks like he he's just not ready for this moment. And he's joined by a lot of other guys, a couple veterans, Mark Gasol, who's playing, who just can't make anything, but is still taking off-balance threes when there's nobody down low for his team to rebound the ball. Pretty much other than Kawhi, there's nobody that they can rely on on a consistent basis there. And when you look at the Blazers, they go how Damian Lillard goes. He's not right. He hasn't seemingly played particularly well since he knocked Russell Westbrook out in the first round. He wasn't nearly as good against Denver. He had a couple of good games in that series. But he has looked like a shell of himself in this one. And it's not just because of the Warriors' defense. Although Iguodala and some of those guys, and Klay Thompson certainly, they play great D. Draymond's one of the best defenders in the history of the league. Based on the numbers and the analytics, there was at least an argument being made last night on ESPN with Van Gundy and Mark Jackson that he's the best defender ever in the history of the NBA, is Draymond Green. I don't know if you can get me to go there, but if he continues to play the way he's playing in this series, there was a time when I'm like, is Draymond Green really a Hall of Famer? Yes, he is. I'm going to go ahead and answer my own question. I've been down on him, and I have a reason to be. Dude likes to nut-tap other guys. He likes to do some underhanded stuff. He runs his mouth a lot. He's an irritant. Now, Charles Barkley is famous for saying that to win a championship, you need a superstar, a really solid second banana, and a crazy guy. Draymond is the Dennis Rodman. He's the Bill Lane Beer. If you want to go even further back with a team that also had Rodman on it, he's the Rick Mahorn. Man, I'm just naming Pistons at this point. He's the Charles Barkley, but Barkley could fill multiple roles there. Draymond isn't a guy that's going to lead you in scoring too often. But if you look at all of the stats across the board, he's the guy that's going to do absolutely everything else for you. He's the guy that you want on your team and despise outside of that. He's A.J. Pierzynski. He's somebody like that. He's somebody that drives you insane unless you happen to be a fan of the Golden State Warriors, where I think he's probably going to play his entire career, especially if Kevin Durant leaves. But that's where we stand right now. The Warriors are going to knock the Blazers out. Whether or not they get... At this point, I think it's a surprise if this thing gets back to Golden State. This feels like a sweep. It's not that Portland has given up. It's that their soul has been taken from them. 
Golden State's just better. They came back from 17 down. They came back from 18 down. No lead is safe. And then that just has to demoralize you. And it's now happened twice in a row. And Lillard's hurt. And McCollum has been totally off offensively since the great way that he ended the series with the Nuggets with a 30-point game and then a 37-point game in the closeout round or in the closeout ball game last Sunday. They just don't have anybody contributing. When Myers-Leonard is the positive, you're probably not going very deep. You can get that once in a while. Brooke Lopez can give you 29-13 and 13 in Game 1 for Milwaukee, but he can't consistently be the best player on your team. Myers-Leonard's the only one that I saw last night for Portland that really seemed to be engaged and was causing trouble for the Golden State Warriors. Everybody else seemed to be struggling or turning the ball over or just watching Golden State take it and destroy you on the other end with it. So the Warriors are up 3-0. That series looks like a sweep. The Raptors have a chance to make this interesting against Milwaukee. I know every game, you can't look at that and then say, well, that's what's going to happen the next time. But the Bucks sure as heck look like the best team in the league right now. The question is, can they dethrone somebody that's been there as many times as the Golden State Warriors have been? And yeah, this does sound like I'm saying the Raptors are not going to win this series. That's because, ladies and gentlemen, the Raptors are not going to win this series. We're just starting, folks. It's 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Is Kawhi going to come back? We'll discuss that. We'll continue to talk NBA here in this first hour as, look, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and we could start to talk about Warriors and Bucks. And I was asked a question about this Warriors team or the best version of the Warriors with Kevin Durant, without Kevin Durant, versus the 96 Bulls. And when I was asked that question, I suggested that the best way to answer it would be to do a draft where you were picking teams of those two rosters. And that would determine how you felt about it, how you felt about who would win in those scenarios. So we might do that as well, do a little fantasy drafting on this show. Off and rolling. Stick with us. Glad to have you with us here. Jason Martin Show, back in a moment here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Jason Martin Show here on FSR. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. 877-99 on Fox is how you join the program. That's 996-6369. Warriors, are they going to win another one? I saw Dan Wetzel with a really interesting poll. He said, would they still be going for their fourth championship in five years had they never signed Kevin Durant? I didn't vote in it because I was thinking about it. And one thing you have to realize is, let's say Kevin Durant didn't come to Golden State. Let's say he either stayed in Oklahoma City or he went elsewhere. Like he went home to Washington to play for the Wizards or he went elsewhere. The the Warriors would have gotten somebody. I don't know who it would have been. I'd have to go back and see who was available outside of Durant that year that they could have gotten in his place. I don't think that they would have held tight with Harrison Barnes. I think Barnes is going to be gone either way. But there would have been somebody else that you would have added to that mix. So it's not like you're just removing Kevin Durant and this team that we're watching right now would have been it. There was added depth at that point to some guys that have moved on. But they would have had another fairly solid to all-star level player, you would think, in Durant's spot if KD hadn't gone there. So it's, it's sort of a... It's a real hypothetical thought exercise because to think that you almost have to answer it as if it's this roster, and that's a little bit more difficult to do. One of the main reasons Kevin Durant made sense for the Golden State Warriors was that they needed a LeBron James stopper. 
And that's what KD was. He was to go in there and neutralize LeBron James or to be LeBron James so that the other guys on the team could do what the other guys on that team do. But it was in reference to winning 73 games and then losing in Game 7 to LeBron and the Cavs. A result I don't think we even get to if not for Draymond Green being suspended earlier in that series. But it's an interesting poll. It's just, I don't know that there is a hard and fast answer to it. And obviously, we're just looking into the mix through our own imaginations here because it's not what actually happened. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox to join us. Red in Georgia waited through the break. We'll go ahead and take him first tonight on the Jason Martin Show. Red, how are you? What's up, Jason, man? Thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir. You made a, made a point just now that I realized when I hear people talk about um, what – what that game would have been like with the Cavs and the and yeah. the Warriors if if Draymond Green would have never got suspended. If you remember, even that game that he got suspended, Cavs really blew them out. I don't think he would even made a difference in that game because the Cavs blew them out, blew them out, beat them by twenty or better, and he still came back and played after that. And still, they still lost against the Cavs, but. What I called you about, originally what I called you about, man, this comparison of trying to compare the, the Bulls and the Warriors, man. One thing I noticed about that Bulls team, and I noticed that sometimes as sports fans, we get caught in the moment of the here and now. Man, that Bulls team had three great defenders, mm-hmm. Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. I'm mm-hmm. talking about great. I'm talking about great Hall of Fame defenders, not just can play defense. You know, here there on the Warriors. Team. Well, just to cut you off, Reb, the, the Warriors have two Hall of Fame defenders on their team. Well, they just Draymond Green is more consistent of the defender to me. And you, Clay Thompson. You try to, yeah, I, but Clay Thompson's the first team All NBA defender multiple years. I, 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 I take, I take. I'm not taking nothing away from Clay or nothing like that. I think it's in the area with era in which the game is officiated. Like, like right now, you don't, you cannot touch players anymore. They get to run freely. You, is there's no hand checking? You can't slow them down. And I think that's helped a lot of teams out. If they, if they had to do hand checking in this league right now, man. Well, yeah, I mean, no, you're right. It's it's a hard comparison to make, Red. I mean, and I appreciate the call. It, it's it's a it's a difficult thing to try and do because the rules are different. That's why when I get asked it, I just kind of roll my eyes because you have to take a lot of different things into consideration. Hand checking is a big deal. That's something you can't do now. Yes, there is more freedom of motion. It's more designed for offense these days than it used to be. Don't tell me that Draymond Green and Klay Thompson aren't all-world defenders, though, because that's incorrect. And as a matter of fact, don't tell me Andre Iguodala is not a just flat-out ridiculous defender either. Those guys can play outstanding defense. KD can play great defense when he really wants to, and he's shown that. Steph's the one that's a liability defensively. This much we know. He's an offensive first, second, third, fourth, and fifth point guard. He's He is somebody that... This is where you thought Portland might have a chance to be able to exploit Golden State by getting Steph into foul trouble and getting him off the court because all Steph can really do is extend out his arms and reach. And that's going to lead to reach-in fouls. And that's going to lead to getting closer to that six number that you can't get. And so he wouldn't be in the game as much. But the problem is 
those guards just haven't really been able to bother him the way that maybe we could have anticipated and Lillard's just not right that's clear if the rib injury is real then that would explain why he just doesn't seem to be moving with the same level of passion he his facial expression even belies it like he's a guy that that really looks tenacious most of the time on the floor and right now he just looks defeated not that he's quit he just looks like he's out of gas this team looks like they're out of gas Marcus Thompson who covers the Warriors for the Athletic, tweeted that out last night. These guys are gassed. They're not used to playing at this point in the season, and it shows. Well, if Lillard is hurt, then that is a... Obviously, they go as he goes, and that's putting more pressure on McCollum, and they're taking a whole lot of threes. One of the big reasons they lost the last game is because when they were up eight... There in that last five minutes or so, they continued to take threes instead of going for something inside, trying to get the ball, working it down low to get an easier shot. If you notice, the Warriors got back into that ball game with twos, not threes. They were laying the ball in, a couple of dunks, some extra passes, things like that. Everybody thinks of the Warriors in terms of these three-point shots, but I think they shoot, even though... They are the best shooting team in the league. I think they take only the eighth most threes, and in the postseason, it's not even that high. Like they're, they don't take them as often as you would think they do. They just make a whole lot of them, and they will shoot them on the break, which is the thing that most basketball coaches probably need to like pound a bunch of aspirin every time they watch this happen because it's so strange to see. A dude on the break stop at the top of the key beyond the arc and shoot a three before any teammates are even down there. It's a horrible shot for virtually the entire NBA, but not for Golden State. And there are a few other guys. Harden can do that. Lillard, when he's right, can do that. There are guys that can do it, but not a whole lot of them. But the Warriors don't rely on the three, and the Blazers, for some reason, even with the league, kept taking threes. And when they weren't going in... They still didn't go for the easy shots. How did they beat Denver? It was C.J. McCollum pulling up from like 10 feet, 12 feet, and knocking those things down in Denver last Sunday. And they've abandoned that offense to some extent. Even Myers Leonard's out there as a stretch five, shooting threes. He had a dunk, and he's got some physicality behind him, but he's still, in many respects, he just kind of stands there and he takes jump shots. That's what this team is doing right now, and I think that's one of the functions of not having Nurkic out there. If you have Nurkic, maybe you're working it inside a little bit more. We saw what the Nuggets were able to do with Jokic. They don't have a Jokic in Portland. But as a result, the pace of the game, if they're not making their shots at a high clip, they can't win. And they aren't making it easier on themselves. They turned over the ball too much in the first game. That's why they got blown out. In the second game, the reason they lost the lead is because they kept taking bad shots early in the shot clock, and the Warriors got hot. The third quarter has been disastrous for Portland in this series. Listen to this stat. Portland, in the third quarter, has scored 37 points in these three games. Combined. Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson have scored 41. They have outscored the entire Portland Trailblazers team by four in the third quarter. Just the two of them. So it doesn't matter if you're up 18 in the first half against Golden State like they were last night. And it doesn't matter if you were up 17 on the road against Golden State in Game 2. 
the NBA, much more so than in college basketball, is a game of runs. These big leads early in games oftentimes fall apart because there's a whole lot of talent and there's a whole lot of basketball left to be played. And all it takes is to find a rhythm if you're a good shooting basketball team and one that doesn't beat yourself and certainly a champion, one that knows how to win in May and in June, you have to play 48 minutes to beat them. Portland has not been able to do that yet. They can play a good 24. They played a great 24 last night. They played a pretty solid 24 in game two. But then they came out and the Warriors destroyed them in the second 24. And unfortunately, when you get destroyed in the latter, that's how you get beat. And that's how the Warriors won at home. And that's how they won last night. This series, to me, ended in game two when they could not answer the bell after they had that big lead and the Warriors erased it. And all of a sudden, you look up and it's 89-89 to and you just had a sense. You never felt like Portland was going to win even when they were up 17. That is the respect level we have for the Golden State Warriors that we sit there and we watch them play and they fall behind by 20 and we're still going to keep our eyes on the game and not tune out like you would in a lot of respect in a lot of others because you know the Warriors are probably going to make some kind of run and this thing's going to get to single digits at some point and then let's see if the team that has lost the lead is able to maintain composure re sort of assert control and finish the job Portland has never had to finish a job this late in the season none of these guys know what this is like and it shows and maybe they are exhausted And if Dame is hurt, then this was going to be a wrap a long time ago. We're just kind of finding out about this rib thing now because there's a whole lot of questions about Lillard, who was so many nice things were being said about him about a week and a half ago, and now he's getting murdered by the hot take artists already. Before that thing even ended, Bayless is out here destroying him and calling him a regular season guy and saying that what he did against Westbrook didn't matter and all this. That's predictable. At some point tonight, I want to talk about whether or not you out there listening want to hear the provocative hot take completely over-the-top stuff because that's entertaining to you or if you want actual analysis, actual discussion, actual nuance to what's going on because I think, I don't know, honestly, I guess it depends on the person. I don't know if you want Stephen A. Smith in a darkened room screaming about the Knicks after they didn't get the number one pick in the lottery, which is one of the more embarrassing things I've seen a major media personality do in a long time. All due respect to that guy, who's made an incredible career and has come a long way since Winston-Salem State covering tennis at Wake Forest. But that was a bad look, and I have no idea what he was even doing. But he's still cashing checks, so I guess somebody likes it. Let's go out to Big B. Let's go out to L.A. Let's talk to Brian Finley. Let's find out the latest. Brian, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Jason? The Blazers blew a halftime lead again. Golden State overcame a 13-point third-quarter deficit in frazzled Portland 110-99, the final, to take a 3-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals. Steph Curry amassed 36 points. Draymond Green had a triple-double. Afterwards, Steve Kerr was gushing over Green. He's playing at such a high level, and he's... um... You know, he's mentoring the younger guys. He's talking to them on the sidelines. And, uh, you 
know, Dr- Draymond is one of the smartest players I've ever been around. And Green is smart enough not to get a technical foul in this series. Hasn't had one since the Rocket series. Meanwhile, Damian Lillard has been a relative non-factor. He made five of 18 shots last night, and according to The Athletic, Lillard is playing with separated ribs. The injury came in Game 2. Game 4 is Monday. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Brooks Kepka ensuring himself a great chance at winning the PGA Championship later today. He's got a seven-stroke lead. He's at 12 under. Dustin Johnson is in second place, along with three others. And in boxing, Dominic Brazil hardly had a chance last night as Deontay Wilder knocked him out before the end of the first round to regain the WBC heavyweight crown. And online car shopping, you know, can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Thanks, B. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. You go to geico.com or you call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier jason martin show i'm here in nashville i'm jason martin on twitter at jmartzone 877-99 on fox that's 9966369 if you would like to join us yeah the deontay wilder thing is i really want to avoid saying the word wild because it's such a cheap thing to say but it's also accurate that dude has 40 knockouts in 42 fights his punch power is absurd later on and honestly maybe to lead off hour number two I want to talk about two athletes in individual sports that are doing things that invoke guys that you simply don't invoke because people start saying you're out of your mind. But you're not out of your mind to talk about either one of them. So that'll be something to stick around for. And Wilder is one of them. I can go ahead and tell you that right now. The Warriors-Bulls deal is so difficult to do. But if you were going to try and draft Golden State versus Chicago, meaning the 96-97 Bulls, I'm 40 years old, so I watch those Bulls teams, and I'm going to say that the Bulls are the better team here. But Golden State and maybe the Showtime Lakers are the only other ones that you could really put into this classification where it would make some degree of sense. And you would have to agree upon rules and things like that. But if you were drafting the teams, how would you draft them? And you can do it two different ways. You can do it with Kevin Durant or without Kevin Durant. First pick is Jordan, right? Number two is either KD or Steph Curry. Number three is the other one. Then you probably get Scottie Pippen. Then you get Clay Thompson. And then, and because Scottie and Clay are both very similar players, I think Clay is a far better offensive player than Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen has a nasty streak in him defensively. He was a borderline dirty player in a physical era, but he was a tremendous defender. One of the best perimeter defenders you will ever see in basketball maybe the best then you're looking at the two crazy guys you're looking at Rodman and you're looking at Draymond Green Rodman's rebounding can't be denied everything else Draymond does you're splitting hairs you're starting to really you're starting to look there then you're looking at Tony Kukoc and Andre Iguodala and then you're starting to look at the bench and it depends on which Warriors year you're looking at if you're looking at the 73 win team then you've got a bench that you can start to pick from this bench, I don't know if it stacks up to the Ron Harpers and some of those guys. And even, I mean, some of those guys were playing starters minutes as well, but I'm just suggesting you're looking at the stars. It's actually something you could 
you could look at it. It's a thought exercise. I'm still going with the Bulls. I saw those teams. I saw what they did. And Jordan's always going to be the GOAT to me. I'm not going to have the Michael Jordan-LeBron argument. You can do 1 and 1A one all you want. I think Steph Curry's second or third best point guard of all time. His defense is the only thing that holds him back. Nobody's trumping magic, I don't think. Nobody's a better shooter than Steph Curry. I think that's undeniable. And what he can do on, on the offensive end is, is miraculous, even though his passing, I mean, Magic's passing is in a completely different class. And then you look at Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson can't get his own shot, but Clay Thompson also would sacrifice his offense to play defense, but was much more lethal from distance than Scottie Pippen was. And we got to see Pippen away from Jordan as well. I know Pippen was a top 50 all time player when they did that. He wouldn't be now. With no real disrespect to him, he was a great player. But if you look at the guys that weren't playing yet, I mean, you're looking at Dwayne Wade, and you're looking at, obviously, Steph and KD and Harden and Russell Westbrook and Giannis, and the list goes on and on of dudes that had never, that hadn't gotten to the association yet. I would like to look at the top 50 and see how many of them you would have to take out now. And that would take a lot of research because you'd have to look at the stats on those guys because you're not just dropping dudes out of this top 50 all-time class where they were given those jackets and stuff back in the day in the All-Star game when they announced that team. You're not just ripping dudes out of that to put new guys in without doing a lot of research. That would take a lot of time to do. But you can imagine at least probably 8 to 10 guys that we have watched over the past 20 years would be in there and 10 of those guys would be out. I mean, Kobe wasn't playing yet. And Tim Duncan wasn't playing yet. I mean, those are just two more names. Allen Iverson wasn't playing yet. There are a lot of... That would become fascinating, but I don't think Pippen would hold on if you were starting to add some of the guys from the past 20 years in that top 50 list. So I don't know. I would go with the Bulls. But the fact that you can even have the discussion and not be laughed completely out of radio, media, or the bar, the barbershop, or wherever it is that you would actually suggest this, tells you just how great this Warriors team is. And when you add Kevin Durant, that changes the game entirely. When we come back, a movie series that you just didn't expect to be what it's been, but it's absolutely worth your time. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, dance. <laughs> Final segment, hour one, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Charles tweets me, give me Pippin over Westbrook. See, these are the arguments. And these are fun, man. Like, these deals where guys are coming from different eras. I mean, Pippin and Westbrook are not players that you would really compare directly. But you can make an argument for that, Charles. I'm with you on that. I'm not necessarily saying I agree or disagree. They're too different. I mean, Westbrook's former MVP of the league. Pippen may be the best defender we've ever seen on the perimeter. But it's fascinating, and this Warriors versus Bulls thing is certainly interesting as well. It's one of the things we love about sports is these comparisons and these stat lines and all this stuff can go for hours and days and weeks and months, and you never get to an end, but you can just fight and fight and argue, and who knows? Hopefully you're still friends at the end of it. Ryan, you're a, uh, you do some acting, right? Or you have? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You could say that. All right, so you're in L.A. Are you one of those guys that's like, I'm an actor, and I'm trying to give my screenplay to the person at the restaurant, like that kind of deal? Or have you done some stuff like on stage, or what have you done? Um, yeah, I definitely like don't really uh, advertise it too much, because yeah. then people a- a- ask, oh, what have you been in? And I have to say, well, you know... I was in a couple scenes of the show on on Disney XD one time, and then did a couple like small commercials that no one's ever seen. So that's about well, it. But. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's that's still some stuff. I mean, I yeah. acted in, I acted in high school, and of course, I worked in pro wrestling, which is you know similar acting and things like that. And, I've, and we all work in the media now. Can you? And but you you're a connoisseur of media, like you're a connoisseur of movies and TV and all that. We talk about Thrones. We're mm-hmm. going to do that in the next hour and all. But 
Are you are you as surprised as me in a positive sense at the John Wick phenomenon? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And 100% in a positive sense. I never, I didn't see the first John Wick until the second one came out. And a friend of mine told me like, dude, you have to see John Wick too. And I'm like, that's really like that. That seemed like just some obscure action movie with Keanu in it. And, uh, but then we watched the first one and then instantly went to the theater to watch the second one. I'm like, these are fantastic. This is amazing. Like this is top tier action film. And now I love Keanu Reeves because of it. Yeah, and if and I was talking about this last night when I was in for Jonas. If you do a quick Google search for Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. you see story after story after story about people that have encountered Keanu Reeves just in their regular life and what a good dude he is. Yeah, yeah. I saw a couple. My favorite one is uh, the person who uh, runs like a bookstore yeah. In, in Hollywood and, and how he would like call in 20 minutes. He would come in once a week to pick up a new piece of fiction and he would and call sudoku in. yes yeah <laughs> he would call it ahead of time he'd say hello this is mr reeves i'm coming to pick up my book now <laughs> i'm like that's, i mean that's just awesome. so pleasant he also <laughs> the, the other one that i saw that that i didn't even notice i was actually talking about this last night i was going through a couple of these stories and then what i found was before octavia spencer who's now the star of ma and she's been an academy award nominee mm-hmm. and she may have actually won as a matter of fact a handful of so. years ago for, and for she was help. in the help and mm-hmm. yeah and she was great in help and before she was anything, before anybody knew who Octavia Spencer was, she had like a car situation where a car stalled somewhere in Los Angeles. Nobody, of course, she wasn't famous at the time, but she was just kind of screwed. And so a dude came out of a restaurant, came and helped push her car across the street after he saw what was going on and then made sure that she was okay and brought her inside and did all these things for her. And Octavia has told that story recently. That dude was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Like, what is this, man? Like, this dude's been in Hollywood forever. Mm -hmm. But these movies are phenomenal. And they're not like... The first one was dead simple. Like, don't mess with this guy's dog. And everything will be all right. But if you mess with him, he's going to kill you in a very stylistic way that's going to be appealing to the eyes. And then then the second one, they added mythology. And they've added depth here in this last couple of them. And now there's like this whole John Wick universe... And these films are absolutely, like, totally worth seeing in every way. <laughs> I think we hit on it last last night, too, that there's definitely this Hong Kong, East Asian yeah. action movie vibe to it. I think that really gives it the character that it really needs to It thrive. does. It does. But these settings and these locales and the way it's shot and the just the crispness of the action and... Is this the best character Keanu's ever played in his whole career? Yes, yes, 100%. I mean, he's played Neo. I mean, he's he's had a couple of pretty iconic roles, but John Wick, folks, go see it. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my day. That's my (laughs) day. Hour number two of the program coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. It is the Jason Martin Show here on FSR. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. My name is, guess what, Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there, 877-99 on Fox. That's how you join us. Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley. Trifecta spinning the Dallas radio style for me out in Los Angeles tonight, doing a fantastic job, as always. So I teased this last hour. There are two athletes right now Both of them were in action yesterday in individual sports that are doing things that make you start to mention names that are sort of like Voldemort in sports. These are the he who must not be named because you can't invoke these guys because they're on like some mountaintop somewhere that can't ever be touched. And the two guys are Deontay Wilder and Brooks Kepka. Two individual sports. Heavyweight championship boxing and golf. And the two names, Mike Tyson and Tiger Woods. That's right. You say one of those, and people are going to be, I guarantee you, there will be people tweeting me at Zone. I've lost my mind. I know Chris Perfett's a big boxing guy, so he'll probably chime in during this discussion. Deontay Wilder. Knocked out Dominic Brazil last night in the first round. 
I still don't understand how Brazil was still standing after the first shot that he took. He was hit so hard. I had multiple people uh, send me messages last night about this on Twitter, at jmardzone, that were suggesting to me that Brazil hit himself. And so I go back and I look at it, and that's accurate. Wilder hit him so hard that his head cocked back and hit his own shoulder with the other side of his face. So he basically got hit twice with one shot from Wilder. There's nothing worse. There's nothing nastier when somebody gets punched than when their head almost rolls completely around like their neck doesn't work anymore. Wilder's punch power is absurd. And so he hit him with this second shot. And if you watch it in real motion, it almost looks like it wasn't real. Legitimately, somebody tweeted me and said the guy took a dive. Dude did not take a dive. Watch it in slow motion. He got clocked. The gifts that were flying around last night of Debo and the punch from Friday, that's a little bit more like it. Wilder knocked this dude silly. He should have knocked him out with that first punch. Credit to Brazil for still being on his feet at all. But that pretty much brought down his hands, and then it was a total wrap. But it was a wrap before it ever started. And I think Wilder has lost one decision, but he has 40 knockouts in 42 fights. And a sport that you were trying to find a reason to care about a handful of years ago that looked like it might be going the same way of the dodo in sports, the same way horse racing has gone. I mean, you know the Preakness was yesterday, right? I think somebody, something will won the thing and a jockey fell off the horse early and a horse finished the race on its own i didn't even watch did you why would you neither the triple crown winner nor the one that it was taking or not neither the kentucky derby winner i should say or the horse that was stripped of that crown for breaking the rules were in the thing and even if they had been i don't know if i would have cared but boxing is one of those sports that feels like it had been supplanted by mma And really, that was because MMA had a couple of stars. It had Conor McGregor and it had Ronda Rousey. Those were appointment viewing superstars. Neither one of them is in UFC now. And unless you're a major fighting honk, you're not really watching this very much these days. You're watching to see maybe who the next person's going to be. But everybody they've tried to make it, whether it's Garbrandt or... Cowboy Cerrone or whoever it is it just hasn't clicked the same way as it did with Connor and Ronda. When Ronda got knocked out by Holly Holm and she lost that fight Dana White had to be ready to cry because as long as she was impervious there was something about her that would draw you to watch her fights on Vine because that's about as long as they lasted at the time when Vine still existed or you could watch it on somebody's periscope because the fight would be 18 seconds long when she lost, that changed everything. And that's why I have mentioned before, I went into long form on this, on Outkick the Coverage, that when Fox was trying to decide what they were going to do between paying for UFC or going to Vince McMahon and getting WWE, I said that the answer was obvious. That you have to go with WWE because there's too much money involved to leave it all to chance. Ronda Rousey for Vince McMahon or anybody he wants could go on a win streak for years and you could build around that person and you could actually define who you want to be your superstar. Think if Rob Manfred could pick who he wants his best player to be 
and could then put them in situations because it's a scripted product to actually make that person the superstar. Unfortunately for Rob Manfred, it's Mike Trout who doesn't really want to be in the public eye instead of a guy like a Bryce Harper or somebody that would be more ebullient and could actually sell more and be more marketable for you. Basketball got lucky with LeBron James. And there are some outsized personalities in football as well. The biggest celebrities in this country in sports are NBA players because we see their faces and we know who they are. The helmets mean, unless you're a quarterback in the NFL, you don't really know a whole lot of these dudes. But if you continue to look at MMA, MMA is only good until somebody does something unexpected because somebody can beat Ronda Rousey. And if so, then her marketability tanks, especially if she disappears for a while, comes back and gets beat by Misha Tate, and then wants no part of the octagon anymore. Now, you can't stop unforeseen circumstances from happening. I mean, Charlie Sheen had to leave two and a half men. I mean, even scripted shows lose talent. Things do happen. But ultimately, if you want to create a John Cena or a Hulk Hogan or a Roman Reigns or whoever it is that you want to mention, a Stone Cold Steve Austin, a Rock, you can do that. You can have that you can build them for 3 to 5 years knowing that you're in control. You are leaving it up to chance in UFC. So boxing hasn't had that guy in a while. Now all of a sudden you've got Canelo and you've got Triple G and you've got a couple of guys that are interesting on a different level. But you have not had a guy The problem with Floyd Mayweather, as much as Mayweather's fights were intriguing because of his record, he was boring to watch unless you were somebody that liked to watch boxing on a more tactical level, on a more artistic level, because he was a defensive fighter. Pacquiao was more interesting. Ward Gotti was a much more interesting fight. One, because it kind of came out of nowhere, the first one at least, and just because of the aggression shown by both guys in that fight. But what you really want, chicks dig the long ball, right? You want to see the home run. Or you want to see the slam dunk. In boxing, you want to see the KO. And that's where Deontay Wilder comes in. And that's why Mike Tyson was so fascinating. Michael Spinks, down in 90 seconds. It was just this punch power and this deal where it almost looked like it was dangerous to get in the ring with this dude. And so Deontay Wilder cut a promo, and that's what I'm going to call it, a couple of days ago before this fight. He doesn't like Brazil, and Brazil didn't like him. And he talked about how boxing is a sport where you can legally murder somebody, so why wouldn't he take advantage of that? That sells tickets, man. I know that it sounds like that's something you shouldn't say. If I believed that it was a big deal, I would tell you so. That sounded like a really awesome line to sell some tickets and to sell some pay-per-view buys for a fight. So it didn't concern me as much, and maybe that's the pro wrestling background in me, working in that industry for so long, that when I heard that, it just rang as, that's a pretty cool line, that's going to get some attention, and it did. And then, well, it was inappropriate. Well, it's inappropriate if he's suggesting murder, yes. And then he knocked this dude silly in like two minutes. And so with 40 knockouts, this is what we have been missing. This is what is going to bring casual fans back. This is going to make some waves. You didn't watch the fight. You probably still saw it on Twitter. I tweeted out four different versions of the video last night as it came through. Finally, it came out slow motion, and that's when you really saw the power of that shot. But not since Tyson have we seen a guy that does this in this way at that level. 
that has a little bit of charisma, that has an edge and a little bit of danger in him. And this bronze bomber thing and the way he enters the buildings and, and these venues, and it's fascinating. And so you mentioned Tyson, right, Chris? I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm anymore because these two guys are similar just in terms of you're afraid of them almost watching them. I don't, I don't think it's out of the question at all because I, I'll say this. I've been watching Wilder for, I feel like, almost 20 fights now. Uh, he just keeps getting better and better. So I know back when we had the money pack fight, you know, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. I had so many of my friends coming up to me saying, This is it for boxing. There will never be another apocalyptic, take all eyes boxing fight in the world. And I was I was always arguing against my friends, like, you know, keep an eye on Canelo, keep an eye on Golovkin. But it was always focused on that kind of middleweight welterweight division. I mean, I even stand for Robert Easter Jr. from my hometown, Toledo. Uh, you know, he fights in the lightweight. I know he has a loss on his record now, but, you know, that's where I thought a lot of the excitement was going to be. And, you know, I saw Wilder coming up, and I just never thought he would be this. Like, the heavyweight has been such a weird division to watch. Klitschko kind of sat upon it and dominated it for so long. Then Tyson Fury came out of nowhere and kind of shook things up, and no one was really sure how to take Fury seriously. In fact, that was actually uh, Wilder's only blemish as he fought to a draw against Fury, and I'm after this fight, I really want to see that rematch now because I think he can knock Fury silly. But I, every time I would watch Wilder fight, it would be it was a slow draw to this. Wilder did not have this kind of strength like you know five years ago, and he just keeps getting stronger and stronger, harder and harder hitting. I don't think you've seen even his his full potential yet. What Wilder can do, and as you say, he has that flair for the dramatic. He comes to the stage, I mean, he comes to the ring almost dressed like a villain out of one of the Mad Max movies. Now. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's great. And as you say, he cuts the promos. He's from Tuscaloosa. He wears that on his shoulder, like he he is a tough Southern boxer, and he he wears all of it so well. And he is so good for the sport and. If he can just keep this power up, like it, there's there's no limit to what what can really happen to get people excited. Because again, like, and I'm not taking away from Canelo, I'm not taking away from Golovkin. Those guys are exciting, but there's something about the raw power in that heavyweight division that I didn't even think would come back. Because you know, the thing with Ty- with uh, Mike Tyson was always those guys back then didn't really guard the way they do today. Everyone mm-hmm. today is very defensive, uh, for, for, to rightly so. No one wants to get their head, their brains knocked around, which is what the goal of boxing is. And yet, Wilder is so good at just demolishing. Like he, de- I, I was watching the knockout punch on Brazil, and you just watch just how effortlessly he demolishes his defenses, then just goes for the kill. And, you know, maybe that's wrong to, again, point it out as, like, as murder or as with all these violent words to what boxing is. But that's kind of always been the appeal and the language of the sport. It's always been very, very barely controlled violence. And I think, again, that's it, it's what gets to us. It is a very animalistic emotion that draws us to boxing. Yeah, I mean, this is compelling. This is relentlessly compelling to watch. If you didn't see that, you can find the video everywhere of the knockouts the the punch power is absolutely outrageous if you have not paid attention to this dude before it is absolutely time to discover Deontay Wilder he's just going to get more disgusting each fight he's going to do he's just going to find more and more ways to just just shock the world so that's one of the athletes 
The other one that was in action yesterday was Brooks Kepka, And it's time to discover him if you've missed that because we haven't seen this since Tiger Woods. And that's another name that you probably don't want to invoke because there's been so many. This is the next Tiger. I'm telling you, folks, this is dominance on a level that I'm not sure we expected to ever see again. It's absolutely incredible. We are brought to you. I mentioned that word twice. We're brought to you by Discover. Discover's going further with miles rewards than they've ever gone before. Because the Discover number miles card automatically matches all the miles you earn at the end of your first year. Limitations apply to this, though. But Discover match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. When we come back, we talked about Wilder. Now we got to talk about Brooksy, as Woods calls him. And Woods is calling him that from Windermere, Florida, because he's not in New York anymore. Because he got boat raced just like everybody else is by Kepka, who stood next to his idol, his hero, and just demolished him on Thursday and Friday. We'll talk about that next. Jason Martin Show rolling right along here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. 
Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Welcome back in, Jason Martin Show. Second hour of the program here on a Sunday morning. I am Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at JMartZone. You can follow me there, 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369 to join us. Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, my crew, Big B, out in L.A., handling business like they always do. If you want to handle some other business, it could be important to you. Just remember, we're also brought to you this show. Jason Martin Show is brought to you by Discover. Discover's going further with miles rewards than they've ever gone before. The Discover It Miles card automatically matches all the miles you earn at the end of your first year. Limitations do apply. Discover match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. So I talked about Deontay Wilder there in the first segment because he deserves to be talked about. I haven't talked a lot of MMA on this show, mainly because it just hasn't been interesting to me. I've never been a giant MMA guy. I've paid attention to the big fights and the big things that are going on. And sure, I watched all of Connor's stuff, and I've watched all of Ronda's stuff, and that was my whole point, is stars drive that sport. Stars drive every sport. And boxing needed somebody like Wilder. They've got some other names, but it's something about punch power in a heavyweight division that changes the game. And one other point about MMA versus WWE, back to those Fox negotiations, when I was talking about when they were going to decide where they were going to put their money, and I wrote a long piece for Outkick to Coverage at the time for Clay Travis about how it should be WWE because you can't pay that kind of money and leave it up to chance. But here's the second part of that argument in favor of pro wrestling over MMA if you're making a television business decision. What I know, if I am someone that's producing television or an executive in TV, is that if I put on WWE, for example, or sports entertainment of any kind, other pro wrestling, I know that Raw is going to last three hours, which is not good. It should only be two. And SmackDown is going to last two hours. When it starts on Fox in the fall, on Friday nights at 8 o'clock, that thing's going to run until 10, and then it's going to be over. But I know that there's going to be action until about 9.58, or there's going to be a promo. There's going to be something going on that is novel and new that's happening. What we saw last night with Deontay Wilder is one of the other problems for programming a long-time spot on TV for a combat sport. Because unlike basketball, where you know you're going to get 48 minutes, or a football game where you know you're going to get an hour of game time, four 15-minute quarters, you might get a two-minute fight, and then you're sitting around watching dudes in suits talk for the next hour. And that can be disastrous. Wrestling, you know your content is going to go towards a certain length of time, no matter what. Money in the Bank pay-per-view tonight, because it's on the WWE Network, they may go long. They probably will. That show will probably go about four and a half hours. But you generally know when it's going to end, at least within 15 to 20 minutes. And then on TV, you know much closer than that. They used to have overruns on USA Network where Vince's show would go until 11.05 or 11.10 or sometimes 11.15. A lot of times just about 11.03, for example, on the East Coast. Now that overrun is eliminated. That show goes off at the top of the hour every time, which I actually think is a detriment because you already know, okay, well, this match is going to end in a minute or this thing is about to come to a head. 
having that overrun meant you didn't necessarily know it wasn't quite as predictable. But what you know is the time is going to be filled with content that's relevant to all parties, not just recapping a two-minute boxing fight. Now, there is a lot to be said for a two-minute boxing fight and what you can get out of that. But that's why it always made sense to me. So I just wanted to clarify that. I talked about Wilder and I said, look, this is Tyson-esque in many respects. Another guy that was in action on Saturday and has been in action the last couple of days is Brooks Kepka, who is just taking the field to the woodshed. Up seven strokes to start Saturday at the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black up in New York. Ended the day seven strokes up on the field. He's not just beating people, folks. He's demoralizing and humiliating and just annihilating folks. And he's got no holes in his game. He drives it just fine. He And even when he misses, he can get out of trouble, which is exactly what Tiger's always done. Tiger's never been the straightest driver. Tiger has always been able to recover. Mickelson's another guy that's known for doing very similar things. Some of the most famous, or probably all of the most famous Mickelson shots are like him out of the pine straw on 13 at Augusta. Things of that nature. It's not the long drive straight down the fairway. Why do you think Phil's never won a U.S. Open? Because the one chance he had to do it at Wingfoot, he knocked it off a hospitality tent on 18 because that's more Phil Mickelson. He's the sand save guy. Greatest flop shot maybe in the history of golf. Excellent short game. Great putter. And that's what Woods has always had. So Kepka did miss a couple of fairways. But he's also knocking on a lot of them straight. And he's putting well. And then he's got what you have to have to win in golf. And that is this confidence and calm. Where it looks like his resting heart rate is in the 50s. And his stress heart rate is in the 60s. He bombs it about as far as you can bomb it. He has the IQ to know exactly where it needs to go. Clearly he's got a good caddy. He's making putts. His saves, even when he knocks it out, he still finds a way to birdie holes that a lot of guys can't par. He's won three of the last seven majors, ladies and gentlemen. And he was one shot away from winning this year at Augusta. Tiger got that done, and that was just one miscue, really, on 16, or Kepka might have won that tournament. Then he would have won four out of seven. Now, we've seen, and I'm not even going to call them flashes in the pan, we have seen some semi-prolonged success for a lot of young guns on the PGA Tour. Jordan Spieth looked like he was going to be the guy. Rory McIlroy looked like he was going to be the guy. Jason Day was number one in the world for a while. Remember when Luke Donald was the number one player in the world? Justin Rose. There's all of these guys. And look, a lot of them are really talented, and they're going to win more majors. These guys are really good. I'm not saying they're on the scrap heap of time here. Justin Thomas, another guy that's won a major, who's injured right now, but he'll be back strong. It's the dominance we're seeing from one dude who does not seem to have a flaw in his game, and it doesn't matter what course he's on. He's just going to show up, especially in the most pressure-packed situations with the leaderboards that are stacked with the best in the game, and he's just going to beat all of them. Dustin Johnson, another guy I didn't mention. His workout partner and his best friend. DJ, who's in second place, is seven shots back. It would be stunning to me if Kepka doesn't win this tournament. But you don't even need to watch it. And that will drive Brooks Kepka insane. Because the one thing that he doesn't like is that he's not getting all of the publicity that Tiger did. 
or that other maybe bigger name guys like a Mickelson or maybe even a Jordan Spieth guy. And Kepka, it's not like he just started his career. Brooks Kepka was a dude that was well over par for a series of majors early in his career. I mean, he came out of Florida State where he was solid. And then just over this last last handful of majors, he's become the best in the world. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care who's number one ranked in the world golf rankings or the FedEx Cup standings. Brooks Kepka is the best golfer in the world. And he stands next. Can you imagine standing next to your hero or your idol? This dude that's probably the reason you're playing the sport that you're playing at the level you're playing it at. The one that inspired you to do it. And not ju- and playing with him where he's just won a major. He's won another green jacket in Tiger Woods. Short list of greatest to ever play the sport, if not the best. Personally, me, meaning me, Jason Martin, my favorite athlete of all time, Tiger Woods. He stands next to him. You know how many people have shrunk playing with Tiger? They're just intimidated being in the same atmosphere with him. Off the tee. Dealing with those galleries. People paying attention. All of that stuff. And Kepka didn't just beat him. Kepka beat him into the dirt. He was two over and Kepka was seven under. It was a nine shot lead after one day between the two of them. And then it got even worse the second day. And Tiger missed the cut. Meanwhile, Kepka's lapping the field. And then on Saturday... Just held Pat, just a nice even par. He's up seven shots going into Sunday. So I've got no problem telling you that Brooks Kepka is doing something we have not seen since Tiger Woods. I'm not saying he's Tiger Woods. I'm saying we better start paying attention to this guy. Just like, if you're not, it's time to pay attention to Deontay Wilder. Because we haven't seen this kind of thing since Tyson. As Chris mentioned in the first segment... There's a whole lot of defensive fighters right now, but there's not a lot of aggressive dudes that just go out and try to knock your block off. But it's the guys that knock your block off are the ones that make the money and the ones that bring you to the pay-per-view to open your wallet to watch these fights, to pay attention to what's happening. Brooks Kepka might not be the most fascinating character outside of golf. That's something, if he's able to do that, that changes the game for him. But these two dudes both in action on Saturday, are at the top of their game. You can argue, if you believe golfers are athletes, I know that's a that can become a question. You could say right now that the most dominant athlete in the country is Brooks Kepka, Because who is doing what they're doing better than he is doing what he's doing right now? Do you know how hard it is to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour? Just a golf tournament. Then you multiply that by about 50 because there's only four majors a year and the pressure is infinite compared to like winning at Bay Hill or something like that. Or even like on the web.com tour or something. I mean, it's hard to win on the web.com tour. He's about to win his second straight PGA and then go directly to the U.S. Open where guess what? He's the defending champion there too. And he was one shot away from winning the Masters. He was my pick to win the Masters. Almost pulled that off. He was my pick to win the PGA Championship. I'm not R.J. Bell, and I'm not Bernie Fratto, and I'm not Sleepy. I'm not those guys, but I kind of wish I was because I would have cashed on this one. It's ridiculous to think this. Anytime anybody says, would you take this guy or the field? It's absurd in golf to do anything but take the field. But I'm getting real close to trying to make an argument for it. And you know what? If you say Kepka top five or the field, I might take Kepka. This dude's on a completely different level. Also, 
on a different level? Big B, Brian Finley, let's go out to L.A. Let's find out the latest in the world of sports from last night, including that boxing knockout and maybe the Blazers being knocked out as well. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a couple things we're going to mention, and I love the mention of Big B, Jason. Thank you so much for that. That's an Andy Furman joint right there. Yeah, you know, but you can take it. it it's, I am uh, taking it. Yeah. Stole it. <laughs> Absolutely. The Warriors vaporized the Blazers in the second half of Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. Portland scored a measly 33 points after halftime, and Golden State prevailed 110-99 to capture a 3-0 series lead. Steph Curry stacked up 36 points. Draymond Green made off with a triple-double. Damian Lillard was held to 5 of 18 shooting, and however, according to The Athletic, Lillard is playing with separated ribs, an injury he got in Game 2. Yeah, so you think about that, Jason, and what he's done on the court, there's a serious excuse. I mean, you really Separated have to... Separated ribs doesn't sound good, maybe. No, no, it doesn't. So, yeah, just 5 of 18 shooting and not his night. But again, as you hear it, according to The Athletic, he's dealing with separated rib issue. Game four is Monday. Hey, like guarding Steph Curry, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Brooks Kepka is lapping the field at the PGA Championship. He's 12 under, clenching a seven-stroke lead with one round left and Dustin Johnson sits in second place along with three others although Johnson always leading at the 19th hole and Deontay Wilder put Dominic Brazil in his place Wilder knocked him out in the first round to retake the WBC heavyweight title just body bagged him Wilder has knocked out 40 dudes in his career Jason don't make that man mad no, don't. I mean, he talks about murder in his promos. Yes. <laughs> Probably leave that dude yeah. alone. Yeah. That was amazing stuff. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, let's go inside the ropes. Let's talk a little pro wrestling. Money in the bank is tonight. It's going to be a good show, but I want to talk about something else here. I want to talk about WWE Creative for just a couple of minutes because I was listening to the Pro Wrestling Torch podcast earlier this week. Wade Keller, who does a fantastic job along with Bruce Mitchell and uh, Todd Martin and that whole crew. And they had a guy call in Monday after Raw who is good friends with one of the writers on the creative team for Vince McMahon. And a couple of his friends that were also on the creative team were out and I guess they got enough alcohol in them to where they got loose lips and started talking and what was revealed in this conversation the only question I have is was it vetted because I could call up and say a lot of things that wouldn't be true either but a lot of this sounded believable to me you are writing for an audience of one if you work for WWE you're writing for Vince McMahon. You're not writing for the millions of people that are paying or that are watching on television. And so the writers get killed when creative stinks or when these shows aren't very good. All you see is people on Twitter saying, ah, oh, the writing is so bad. Why are, you ha- why are you hiring all these drama and soap opera writers and all of these folks? Why aren't you hiring wrestling people? And what was revealing about this conversation from the Torch podcast on Monday night was... These creative guys, this is the way that this caller described it. Quote, it breaks their hearts to hear that. 
because they have all of these ideas and they write all of these storylines and they have all of this stuff laid out that would be great TV. And Vince just doesn't want it because he's stubborn, set in his ways, and is going to do it his way. Also, they'll spend five or six days putting together shows, and then they'll show up day of, and Vince will scrap the whole thing because he changed his mind. And so you've put together all of this work, and it all gets just thrown out, and he ends up writing it anyway. So he wants a bunch of ideas, but nine times out of ten, he's going to go with his thing. And maybe the most fascinating thing that came from this conversation was that the single most frustrated person, according to these people, again, if this is a true conversation, and I honestly believe it probably was, that the most frustrated person that resides within World Wrestling Entertainment right now is Paul Levesque, who you better know is Triple H, who was also in charge of NXT, the developmental territory down in Florida that consistently puts on top-notch weekly shows as well as bi-monthly kind of pay-per-view-esque shows that are about two and a half hours long and is regarded as some of the best wrestling in the world. Well, Triple H, who was also son-in-law to Vince McMahon, marrying Stephanie, he sees this, and he's also a wrestling purist, and he's been there for a long time, and he knows the same thing we all do. Vince McMahon is stubborn. Vince thinks he still knows everything, but things have changed. Similarly, to what we saw in the NHL playoffs where the Sharks benefited from an obvious hand pass that wasn't called and then could not be reviewed. I kind of joked about this last night that people discuss human error and how human error, it's part of the charm of the game. It's always been a part of the game. Right, but it doesn't have to be, right? Like, traditions are only useful until things replace them that are better, Like, you could have a bunch of paper books in your house, and I get the appeal of still having books, but I sure like the space that's created when I'm moving when all of my books are on my iPad. And it's the same thing. I used to have a rotary phone growing up. I've now got a computer in my hand, basically, with my iPhone. Things change. Things get better. Gene Steratore last year in the NFL was measuring first downs on Sunday Night Football with an index card. We shouldn't be doing that. Tennis gets it right. They've got a laser. They've got a camera. There are no arguments to be had. Well, unless you're a you know joke of a player like Nick Kyrgios. But WWE is the same kind of way. Vince will not adapt. And he's also somebody that's so dedicated to what he's doing that regardless of what's happening with the XFL, he's still going to be making all the decisions for WWE. And so their stock's down 20 bucks. And they're about to go to Saudi Arabia again, which is going to cause some people to swear off the product for a while. And they're going to cash this check from Fox, and so the money's going to go back up. But Fox's ratings on Friday nights are better with the shows that they're going to have to replace for this. And this is still going to cost a decent amount of money on Fridays. They are counting on the Thursday night NFL game and just this sort of wall of sports to be able to advertise all of this. We'll see, man. I think this thing's going to end up on FS1 sooner rather than later. And Vince needs to understand that if you've got 28 writers hired, you maybe should listen to a few of them because they do have ideas. I would hate it if everything I did on this show was all me. I like it when Ryan Bershinger hears something I'm going to do. He's like, you know what? Let's not go there because everybody else has gone there and there's not anything new to mine there. I like it when Chris Perfett wants to chime in and talk for a while on boxing in the first segment. I don't get better unless I listen to the people around me. I think that's a good me in radio and not just for Vince McMahon and WWE. 
but for all of us in all walks of life. One great quote from, I think it was Mark Jackson during the last round of the NBA playoffs. I don't even know where it came from. Actually, it was Van Gundy that said this. He said, why would you ever take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from? That's a fascinating way to look at it. But at the same time, your ears always need to be open. That doesn't mean you need to get down when some dude that has an egg avatar on Twitter says something nasty to you and 25 people saw it or one person saw it. It just means you can't always feel like you're right. I know it's your money and it's your company, Vince, but AEW just got TV on TNT. There's going to be competition. And there are places that you can work that aren't WWE in this industry anymore. Creative guys getting drunk and saying, man, our hearts are breaking when people rip us when we can't make the decisions. It ain't good, man. Morale in WWE is an all-time low. Everyone has been reporting that. It's not fun to work in that company anymore. That's a billion-dollar company that does entertainment for a living. How ugly must it be? We'll be right back to finish the hour. Really cool story about Shaquille O'Neal paying it forward. Stick around to hear that. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. 
<laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's the Jason Martin Show here on FSR. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. 877-99 on Fox to join us. Pretty cool story about Shaquille O'Neal. We ended the first hour talking about Keanu Reeves and John Wick. And The Ringer, by the way, has written about 17 articles about John Wick. Can we talk about The Ringer for a second? I like The Ringer. I think Robert Mays and those guys do a great job covering football. I really enjoy their basketball content as well. And I enjoy some of their pop culture stuff. There are some articles, and it's maybe not as many as there used to be when they when the site first started. And this could be just me complaining for the sake of complaining, but I'm behind the microphone. You'll just have to listen. But there are articles way more than I would feel comfortable with if I were like an editor-in-chief, where I'm just thinking to myself, who is the audience for this article? I mean, there's like weird stuff about like, I remember years ago there was an article about like a McDonald's French fry. And then there's like all these nuanced articles. There's a thousand Game of Thrones articles every week. And they're all about like random stuff. And I guess it's just if you just want to sit around and read, then the Ringer's always got 50 new articles every day. But I'm still more of a less is more guy and a quality guy. So I'm looking at this thing that was just put up by the Ringer 10 minutes ago because we were talking about John Wick in that first hour. And I will go ahead and tell you again, go see Parabellum. It's awesome. And watch the first two. This article is entitled, The Currency System in John Wick is a Mess. The Continental's use of gold coins raises more questions than answers, though it's a bit of nonsense that may actually be a sneaky good depiction of real life. Like, who is the audience for this? Like, I look at it and I'm like, somebody sat down and they wrote a thousand words on the coin system in John Wick. I think we have reached an area where... Everything should not be written about. I think in general, modern cinema critique, too, has, has gotten really... I, I forget the word. My vocabulary is failing me, but it's just nitpicky at really small world-building things. That's like... I, can you just suspend your disbelief for two seconds? Yeah, it's like, please? I don't care that the gold coins don't match up or whatever like that. Like, I, who cares? Like, there's... People are way too particular. It's a need to try to explain everything in a narrative world that really doesn't need explanation. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about how unrealistic a lot of the, or just how unrealistic some of the deaths are in John Wick. The first death in Parabellum's my favorite one, I think, in the history of the series. It makes me never want to go to a library again. And it's Boban. It's Yurang. Speaking of Shaq. But, this, but, I, but we talk positively at the end of the first hour. I want to do this too. So Shaquille O'Neal. Did something pretty cool. I'll just read this from CBS News. He never forgot about a good deed somebody did for him when he was 18. Now it's almost 30 years since he's been 13, and he's paid it forward to another teenager. When he was 18, Shaq couldn't find loafers in a size 18 to wear to his prom. And so he got contacted by the owner of a shoe store in Atlanta, who hooked him up with a free pair of shoes in that size, And so Shaq has been frequenting that particular store ever since that day. Recently, 
Shaq heard about a 13-year-old basketball player who was facing the same problem. This guy's name was Zach Keith. He's also looking for a size 18. But in this case, he couldn't afford the size 18. So what did Shaquille O'Neal do? Well, Shaquille invited him and his mom to meet up with Shaq at this aforementioned Atlanta shoe store. And Shaq didn't just buy him one pair of shoes. Shaq bought him 10 pairs of size 18s that would last him for a while and would help out his family. There's a lot of negativity in this world. I just contributed to it by going after the ringer who, I mean, those guys, they spent time putting those articles together. I'm just wondering who the audience is. But there's also positives out there. And there are positive influences that are big names, like Keanu Reeves, who gives you hope with all the pretentiousness that you see in Hollywood. Then there's a dude like Keanu Reeves who just wants his Sudoku and his fiction and wants to help people and wants to be nice to people. And here's Shaquille O'Neal, who, you know, sometimes he can get on my nerves. But this is just a good story. There's nothing negative here at all. Dude helped a 13-year-old that needed shoes in the same size, and Shaq remembered what someone had done for him, and he took it to another level. And who knows what this meant to this family. Can you imagine? Shaq bought me 10 pairs of shoes. My family couldn't afford one. That's incredible, folks. When we come back, well, Warriors, folks. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Hour number three, Jason Martin Show here on a Sunday morning. I'm in the Music City. My crew was out in Los Angeles. Brian Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley. If you were doing a talent draft, it would be those three and then it would be me. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I'm also blessed beyond measure. Reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. We'll talk some Thrones. We actually may do both segments on Game of Thrones. It is the finale. Bershinger, I don't know if you're near the microphone, but I'm thinking about springing next segment a like just a miniature draft, drafting Game of Thrones characters, and then talking about the finale. All right. Yeah. So prepare yourself. Okay. I just did a podcast for an hour doing that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe here in Nashville a couple of days ago. That's just a concept that I do when it comes to pop culture that changes things up a bit. But we already know everybody's going to hate this, and there's going to be 18 petitions about however it ends. There will not be any petitions about the Golden State Warriors right now because they are tearing it up. Another victory last night. This series is over. Uh, No team has ever come back down 0-3 to win a series like this in the NBA. They are 0-135, our teams that are trailing... Oh and three. Don't think that the 2019 Portland Trailblazers are going to change that. The Warriors are smiling. They're dancing around. They're having fun. You're kind of like sort of liking them again. If you're like me, like I haven't been a fan of theirs for a while, but all of a sudden it's sort of fun to watch them again. They're not, uh, man. It's so weird because you all you all of a sudden have to caveat this because you're going to get crushed if you're not careful. They're not better without the best player in the league on the floor. But they are, without question, more fun to watch. And they seem to be having more fun. It's not like Kevin Durant is some awful person to be around. I don't believe that for a second. And I'm sure they would be the first to tell you that's not the case either. But this brand of basketball is unique. It's different. And it's what we saw before. This is the Greatest Hits album. This is... Like I, I mentioned this last night when I was filling in for Jonas. When you were in college or when you were in high school, probably college though, 
I don't know how many people you knew owned a Bob Marley CD, but if they did, they probably didn't own one of the albums. They own Legend, right? They own the Greatest Hits album. If you own one Tom Petty album, you probably own Greatest Hits. You don't own Full Moon Fever. Steve Miller Band, Greatest Hits. You can name these down the line. Now, there are some that you would have albums for, but a lot of these classic bands at this point... You're not rolling with like Leonard Skinner's full catalog. You've got the greatest hits. You've got the Allman Brothers album that has the blue jeans on it. That's what this Warriors team is right now. It's the greatest hits without a little bit of the bench that they used to have. But the difference between a Steph Curry-led team where the ball is in his hands more often, a lot of it was in Draymond's hands last night. He was spectacular. I've not been a fan of his act for a while, but... It was impossible to deny how great he was last night and how great he's been throughout this playoffs, and especially this series, and especially since Kevin Durant has gone down. He's been just awesome. But Kevin Durant, because he's an isolation player, there's a whole lot of standing around and watching what he's going to do. And what he's generally going to do is score, because he's amazing. He's the second coming of George Gervin, but better. And at his height, you can't get up to block his shot. But because of that, the ball stops in his hands a lot, and he starts to operate from the elbow or from 15 feet. And he can't obviously shoot threes. We know this, but a lot of his game's a mid-range game. And so the best way I know how to describe this is there is a claustrophobic feel to the Golden State offense when Kevin Durant's on the floor. There's just a lot of humanity there. There's a lot of bodies in a smaller circumference, a smaller area. When Steph has the ball, you've got to check him basically at half court or before it because he'll pull up from 35. And so what that does is it pulls the defense out of the paint in all directions because you have to go to the other shooters as well, but Steph pulls everybody out. And now there's room to breathe for Iguodala and for Draymond Green and for Clay Thompson and for Sean Livingston and for anybody else that's out there wearing a Golden State jersey. And so that changes things. That spacing allows for the movement away from the ball and the passing. They, what is it, 40 more passes per 100 possessions without Kevin Durant on the floor? And we know the record when Steph plays and and Kevin doesn't. And when Steph misses a game, they're 26 and 26 over the past five years. They're, I think, 235 games over 500 when he does play and anybody else is missing. So... We know that this is Steph Curry's team, first and foremost. And that's not disrespecting Kevin Durant. And I do think, I think I have been converted to believe this, but it's really hard for me to pick against the champions. And we haven't gotten there just yet. But the question that's going to dominate sports media in the coming two weeks is, can Golden State beat Milwaukee without Kevin Durant on the floor? I don't know the answer to that because Portland doesn't have a ton of depth. Zach Collins is still young, but Zach Collins right now has no place in this series. He's kind of what Clint Capella was in the last series, which is weird because Capella, it looked like he would have a role, but he didn't have a role. Zach Collins doesn't seem to be ready for this just yet. And there are some depth concerns there. Milwaukee's the deepest team left in this postseason. There's no question about that. And now that they've got Brogdon back, all the better. But they can get 15 on a given night from anybody, and Giannis can go get you 40. 
and Giannis at his size, would it be Kevin Durant that would be guarding him, or would you put the best defender on the team on him? Would you have Iguodala and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and kind of move those guys around? Those three guys are tremendous defenders. There was an argument on ESPN being made last night as to whether or not Draymond Green's the best defender in the history of the NBA. That might be a bit of a stretch, but he's on a short list. He's on an elite list. He is tremendous. Iguodala is a very underrated defender. Klay Thompson is a decorated defender. Steph's the only one that you really look at and you say, well, keep him away from whoever the best player is. Which is why I think we're surprised that Portland hasn't been able to do more trying to exploit him on that side of the floor. And then you find out separated ribs suffered in Game 2 for Damian Lillard might explain why he was 5 for 18 last night at home and just seemed full of lethargy. It's not that he was checked out. I think he was hurt and beat. I don't know what separated ribs means, but I know how it sounds. It doesn't sound good. The Warriors are going to finish this thing in five at worst. I think they're probably going to sweep it. Portland's soul has been ripped out. C.J. McCollum couldn't make anything in game two, and that's when this series pretty much came to a close. Right? You can point back to both of these two series, and you can discover the moment where you can trace the demise i don't think the raptors are coming back against the bucks they may get swept as well we'll see if they can answer the bell at home in front of their home audience tonight but in game one when you had them and you still lost that ball game when kyle lowry gave you 30 and when the bucks were rusty because they hadn't played in over a week because of how summarily they destroyed the boston celtics they lost that series in game one The Houston Rockets lost to the Golden State Warriors. That series ended in Game 5 when Durant went down and the Rockets couldn't close the deal because Chris Paul picked the worst possible moment to play the worst game of his playoff career. Game 6, to me, was a lot easier to call than most people seem to believe. And now, Portland lost this series in Game 2 when they had a 17-point lead kept shooting threes when they were up eight late in the game and lost when Golden State came back on them. That was the one that took their heart out, that demoralized them. They're up 17. They are rolling on the road against Golden State. Could not hold it. Huge run. I mentioned this stat earlier, but in this series, in the third quarter, Portland has scored 37 points combined. And Klay Thompson and Steph alone have scored 41. They haven't been able to hold on to the lead, and they keep shooting threes even when they've got the lead, not going for easy buckets. And C.J. McCollum, it's not that he's pulled a no-show. He's just missing a lot of shots. He's still scoring points. But what we saw at the end of the Denver series, we're not seeing anymore. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to Damian Lillard just not being himself. And if it's separated ribs, then that's unfortunate. But finally, the loss of Nurkic is really beginning to rear its ugly head. I thought it might cost them. I picked the Nuggets to win that seventh game because I didn't think, I I thought they would not have an answer for Jokic. And that was a great game seven. They had just enough to get that job done. And it was because McCollum went for 37. And McCollum, all of a sudden, right now, just doesn't have what he had then. So, again, you can trace those three series to a specific game that wasn't even a closeout where you can look at it and say that's where this series was lost. Toronto lost it in game one when they had Milwaukee and they let them off the hook. Portland lost in game two 
when they had Golden State and they let them off the hook. And Houston lost in Game 5 in Oakland when Kevin Durant went down with that calf strain. And then Golden State rallied and beat them in the fourth quarter and went up three games to two. This Warriors team right now that looks like they're having fun again and Draymond's in better shape and Andre Iguodala has turned back the clock and Steph and Clay are on fire again. Steph scored, what, 33, 36, 37, and 36 in his last four games, in the games without Kevin Durant. That's all he's done. That's unbelievable. They are absolutely rolling. And so if we get the Bucks, who were probably the best team in the league during the regular season and have been the best in the playoffs as well, they are 11-1. and They have not lost a road playoff game this year. The only one they lost was game one to Boston at home, which led Paul Pierce to the worst prediction we've heard all year. That Boston was going to win and sweep the Bucks, And then Boston proceeded not to win another game. So you're going to get the best team and the deepest team right now, certainly in the league, against a team that's looking for their fourth championship in five years. I think that's the matchup you want I don't know what it's going to mean for television ratings. I know I'm looking forward to seeing it. And if and really, it's much more intriguing without Durant. Or if Durant's out for a couple of games and then comes back to see what the team looks like before and after. Again, they're not better without Durant. That's an insane take. You don't remove the best player in basketball, arguably at least, and you're a better basketball team for that move. But they're more entertaining, they're more fun to watch, it's better television, and they do seem to be having a better time. And I think that that is the storyline right now in basketball. You can talk about the Bucks and, and Giannis and all of that and how, how all business they are, and that is a storyline to be sure. But the storyline is the Warriors without Kevin Durant playing this greatest hits album and reminding you how much you liked Whatever whatever the song would be on that. The Joker, if we're going to the Steve Miller Band. Or Refugee on Tom Petty. Or I Shot the Sheriff on the Bob Marley record. Whatever it might be. That's what we're getting from the Golden State Warriors. And we're dancing along to it again. And we're watching this. And that's what we're getting in the NBA. This is a big night in culture, folks. Big night in sports and in entertainment and in the escapes that I'm blessed enough to be able to talk about with you guys every week. Game of Thrones comes to an end. WWE presents Money in the Bank. You've got Game 3 of Raptors Bucks. You've got the end of the PGA Championship, which would be a lot more entertaining if Brooks Kepka hadn't ended this thing on Friday, maybe on Thursday. There's just a lot going on tonight. And so we're going to spend the next couple of segments talking about Game of Thrones, because of course we are. We'll also take your calls, though, at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. I want to do a little miniature character draft with Bershinger about Game of Thrones, and then we're going to talk about the finale, and of course we have to talk about this ridiculous petition to redo the final season as if people were actually owed the ending that they wanted. That is not how life works, unfortunately. Yes, you might not like it, but this is the ending that you're going to get. What is that ending going to be? We'll predict it. We'll have some fun with this coming back. Stick with us. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Jason Martin Show rolling right along here on a Sunday morning. Good Sunday to you, wherever you are, and to you and yours. I said you twice. 
So I guess I'm really focused on you. Also focused on Geico. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to Geico.com and see how much you could save. We're going to do some thrones, some serious thrones over the next 20 minutes. But before we get into it, let's take Paul in Fargo real quick. I uh, always like to talk to him, dating back to the OutKick days. Paul, how are you this morning? Hey, good morning, J-Mart. Thank you for the call. Great yes, show sir. this morning. Uh, Thank you, Just man. to touch on a few of the points you made earlier in the show real quick, you make a great point in that no matter how Game of Thrones ends, there's, there's going to be someone who's going to be upset, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be shy about sharing their utter disgust on Twitter and describing and great detail how their life was just ruined by the ending of a TV show. And yeah. real quick, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the people in sports media that, uh, that time after time continue to make these over-the-top predictions, these ridiculous opinions, because it is really getting old. And to answer your question, it is not what most of us want. People like Stephen A., I mean, they do stuff like that because they don't know how to do what they're supposed to do, which is give us intelligent informative information that's why you know we're tuning those people out and we're listening to people now like you and others like clay like dan patrick like colin because you guys know how to present information in an intelligent manner and and be informative and that's that's what we want and last thing real quick the the argument about the michael jordan led bowls against uh today's golden state warriors i think what would be really interesting is watching clay Draymond and Iguodala try to guard and defend Michael if they played by today's rules and they weren't able to hand check him like the Knicks and the Pistons got to. And then, of course, watching Michael and Scottie Pippen chase stuff all over the court, that'd be fun to watch. Anyway, thank you for the time this morning, J. Mark. Hope you're doing well. Have a great day, bud. You too, buddy. Always appreciate hearing from you, Paul. Yeah, the Bull, The one other thing I did mention about the Bulls is if Kevin Durant's out there, who's guarding Kevin Durant for the Bulls? I think that they might flip it around and actually do some switching on KD, that that would change. I also think Jordan would not be guarded by Steph Curry. I believe that Klay Thompson would switch off there, and it would be Jordan being guarded by Klay Thompson, and Steph would move over, or Kevin Durant would work on Pippen. They would try to hide Steph as much as they possibly could. All right. Game of Thrones comes to an end in less than 24 hours. And people are going to be upset, not just one person, A lot of people are going to be upset, even if it's the greatest finale in the history of TV. Spoiler alert, it's probably not going to be, first of all. There's a very short list of great finales. You've got The Shield. You've got Six Feet Under. Deadwood, which has a movie coming out at the end of this month, which the screener for that film is actually in my email inbox for me to write about, so I probably need to actually sit down and watch that. There are some others that have been superb. Breaking Bad, I really enjoyed that finale. Some people didn't. But Game of Thrones Season 8, the lowest-reviewed season. Everybody's mad at DB, and they're mad at David, not realizing that George R.R. Martin's still an executive producer, and George R.R. Martin hasn't finished his sixth book and may never finish it. It makes you wonder if he actually knows how he wants to end it, but he's on record saying that what they're doing right now on TV is kind of what he had always planned to do in the first place. Yeah, George so, is out writing about the Giants football uh, draft execs right now. He's, exactly. he's busy. <laughs> yes, he is definitely busy. You're right, Chris. And so I don't know exactly how it's going to end. None of us do. We're going to predict it. The one thing I will say before we do this miniature character draft, Ryan, is the only thing I really hated about the last episode, I saw the Mad Queen 
coming from a mile away. Yeah. They've been setting this up yeah. pretty much for eight years. Mm. And people are upset because, well, it still didn't make sense logically. I don't really care about that. The thing I hated is Jamie. Yeah. I hated, hated, mm-hmm. hated what they did to him. Absolutely. And in the process, what they did to Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I totally agree. That was for me too. Him, the way that him and Cersei went out really was super lame, and it destroyed kind of his entire redemption arc, which really sucked. But I mean, um, it was right there. It was so simple. Like the redemption arc was told, and they just decided, no, he's still a jerk. Yeah, he's just going to go back to Cersei. And I thought Mm. that I I thought for sure he was going to be the one to offer. Yeah, and that's not how it played out. So character draft. We don't have time to do it as lengthy as we could, mm-hmm. but and then we'll then we'll discuss predictions for the finale and, and some other thoughts. But I'll let you go ahead and take the first pick. I won't even flip the virtual coin. I'll give you the first pick, and when you take somebody I want, I will then say no. Actually, I'm going to take the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Well, just to clarify, this is for the entire series or just people who are still alive? No, nah, f- fi- the entire series entire, is fine. Okay. Great. Great. Well, it's still my number one pick is Arya Stark. I will okay. take Arya number one. I I love the Faceless Men storyline. I'm hoping we get to see at least that payoff somehow in some way in the finale uh, because we haven't seen her wear a face since the phrase. But uh, Arya is my number one. A Bershinger has no name. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Tyrion yeah. okay. first because I, he, I'm still kind of hoping that maybe him and Sansa end up on the throne as king, of queen, king and queen. At the end of the show tonight, I still stick by the prediction I made before. We'll get to it. But Tyrion Lannister to me and Peter Dinklage's performance, that's been the highlight of the whole show for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going Tyrion. Who you got next? Uh, I'll go ahead and take Jon Snow. I've yeah. got some I've got some uh some sleepers that I'll save for later, but uh sure, Jon Snow's my my next pick. I feel like you can't have the show without a villain, so I'm I'll take Cersei Lannister. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, she's been the villain for such a long period of time, even though the ending wasn't maybe what you hoped it would be. I I don't think that's a sleeper pick at all. I think some people might have taken her right off the top. Yeah. Um, What do you got next? Despite the last episode, I will take Jamie here. Mm. Jamie Lannister. His entire story arc saved the last five minutes of his life uh was awesome but um but yeah the last episode really screwed that up for him but yeah he's, he's, he was still a great character 98 percent of his episodes i'm thinking about like characters that maybe weren't like the main players that i really right. liked more because i mean yeah you could take daenerys here but i hated that character i've yeah. always like disliked that character so i don't want to take her yeah I, find... oh, <laughs> I did want to say that so i could get my boy rj um Hmm. I like that pick. I like what you did there. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bit player here that I probably could wait longer, but somebody that just created a lot of really entertaining content. I'm gonna take Littlefinger. I'm gonna take Peter okay. Baelish okay. right here. I love the performance. I love the underhanded nature and the betrayal and all that 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 character was about. So I, I really like Littlefinger. Okay. I I'm gonna start to go deep as well. Uh, maybe one of my favorite characters in the entire series, Tywin Lannister. Mm. Yes. Taking uh, it back in the day oh, right yeah. there. The great Charles Dance, who was phenomenal. Uh, he was straight up evil, but his rationale was always crystal clear. And, and he was he was such an interesting villain to watch. He's really incredible character. I'm going to, this. I mean, this guy was alive until last week, but a character that just, you didn't know he was going to be as important as he turned out to be is Sandor Clegane. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to take the Hound mm-hmm. here. Uh, I, I love that. The way they ended that with him in the mountain, I did like that. 
I did think that they got that right. Him dying in fire as well. Like, that was real apropos, and I know that they did that intentionally. But just the way he kind of was a father figure to Arya in some ways, or at the end, that was the one person that he cared about in the world. Like, I felt like the way that he evolved through the series was really entertaining. Uh, Another one of my favorites, Jorah Mormont. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Jorah was just awesome, and uh, his his entire story arc was phenomenal. It ended the way it should have for him, uh, and the fact that he went through so much in his entire life, and he still was able to fight his way back to Daenerys. Uh, he was he was a true man, and despite, he was on Friend Street, man. Yes, yes, exactly, Lord Friend Zone, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but still loved him to death. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm torn between a couple of characters, but I'll take Sansa here. Mm. Sansa, I mean, well, I've already got, I've already got um, Tyrion, and I still just have this feeling that's the one relationship we actually want right now. Maybe it's the two of yeah. them because you've kind of grown to respect both of them. I thought we were going to hate Sansa when we first met her, but she's come a long way. And Sophie Turner, this seems to be her year. She's about to do Dark Phoenix, uh, and that's going to make a ton of money. She's got the Jonas marriage that that's just right. happened, yes. and maybe she ends up on the Iron Throne tonight. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, another. I, I say underrated, even though she was actually nominated for multiple awards for this. Elena Tyrell, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal character, incredible performance, and and one that you never really thought of as a standout performance. But once you like, once you saw that she got the nominations for awards, you think back on it, and you're like, yeah, she was flawless. She was excellent. So she was the mother, right? Yes, yeah, Marjorie's mother, uh, the one that Jamie poisoned. At the I end. love Marjorie. I was in love with Marjorie. Oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of She's Natalie gorgeous. Dormer. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, was a, I was a fan. Was just, just, just be real careful. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not single anymore, so I can't really say that. But whew, yeah. I'm just gonna oh, throw yeah. that out there oh, real yeah. quick. I guess now I do have to take Daenerys. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. She's still on the board here. Gara Ryan. And I get that. So there yeah. you go. Who yeah. you got next? Uh, Sir Davos Seaworth. Mm. Yeah, Davos uh, always loyal and, and yeah, just such a likable dude. And I'm glad that he made it all the way to the end of this series too. He, he did make been, it longer than yeah. you thought he was going to yeah. make it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He could have been killed off at any point, really. And the fact that he made it all the way to the end is such a good guy. Love him to death, Davos. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Maybe I should go Catelyn Stark here. Ah. Okay. I mean, it's been a while, and you took Tywin Lannister. Mm-hmm. Catelyn Stark was sort of part of the Red Wedding storyline right. and everything that set all that up, so I'll take her here. How about the one and only Ned Stark? I'll oh, take yes. Ned here. Yeah, only only one season, but man, he, he left his mark and you know he went out as because he's Sean Bean. Uh, but just yeah, fantastic. Uh, I mean, this guy was basically Dominic Brazil when it came down to it. But I'll take the <laughs> Night King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was he was on my list. I, I, yeah, I was gonna take him earlier. That's like what eight rounds right there, nine rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been running deep. We're just rolling right through. We, <laughs> I mean, we haven't even had time to like Mel Kiper Jr. This thing, or Joel Platt. This thing. <laughs> We're just rolling right through. Who have we not picked that we should pick? Varys. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Brienne of Tarth. I think it's Brienne. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I know. Would you take Brienne I would here? take Brienne here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dag on it. I was yeah. hoping you were going to say you want to take somebody else, and I'd take that and then end the draft and declare myself the victor. <laughs> no, yeah, Brienne's I, I know Brienne's still there, but I can't That's do right. it. I know, I know. I, I can't do it. He yeah. does remind me, though. Somebody mentioned that he looked like a certain person earlier. He said, he looks like John Lennon. I'm like, no, he looks like Noel Gallagher's son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who he actually looks like. Who are we forgetting? There's there's somebody who's the uh or well I guess somebody could take Melisandre. 
Yes. Like, she'd be out there. Who was the, I always forget his name, but the redheaded wildling? Torment. 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 Yeah. I'll take Torment okay. in the draft right there. That's a strong pick. I will, but as an undrafted free agent, yes. I'm taking Hodor. <laughs> there we go. Yep. I don't know if I can allow that. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, no well, I'll take, all right, you take him as an undrafted, I'll take Sam. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Awesome. All right, let's go to Brian Finley. We'll come back and we'll talk about the finality. Brian, uh, let's see what happened in the world of sports. And if you have Game hey of Thrones stakes, feel on? free. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, guys. The, the Warriors grilled the Blazers in the third quarter, outscoring them by 16 on the way to a 110-99 triumph in a 3-0 series lead in the Western Conference Finals. Steph Curry marveled with 36 points. Draymond Green grinded out a triple-double. Steve Kerr applauded Green afterwards. I don't even know what to say about Draymond. I mean... He was, uh, he was like a wrecking ball out there. He was just uh, destroying everything in his path. Step aside, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Green has no technical fouls in this series as well. And he said this is because he, quote, realized he got to a point where he was doing more crying than playing. He's sure it was disgusting to watch, and I didn't want to have to be the one to tell him that. Brooks Kepka mesmerizing to watch at the PGA Championship. He's 12 under with a comfortable seven-stroke lead. Dustin Johnson hanging on to second place along with three others. Deontay Wilder knocked out Dominic Brazil in the first round to retake the WBC heavyweight title. Wilder now 40 knockouts in his career. Don't get on this guy's bad side. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And in baseball, the Twins hit for the home run cycle in their 18-4 thrashing against the Mariners. Bryce Harper starting to earn his paycheck. Belted a 466-foot homer in the Phillies' 2-1 win over the Rockies. And finally, Major League Baseball's best record belongs to the Houston Astros. They're 31-15 and they've now won 10 in a row after socking the Red Sox 7-3. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Appreciate it, Big V. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We continue with the Game of Thrones talk here on the Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Yancer tweeted me and said that Braun fell way too far in this draft. Good call. Yeah. Braun could have easily been taken. You just forget. We didn't have right. I didn't have a list in front of me. We were just kinda I just kinda decided we would do this on the fly. Uh Stannis Baratheon mm-hmm. also still out there. There's still some there's still some big name characters. Yeah. I was waiting for you to take Gilly. Oh jeez. <laughs> she remained she remained on the board. So the finale so so the finale is tonight. I said off the beginning of the season that I thought if I were writing it, the Iron Throne would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that there would be no one on it at the end of this show because ultimately humanity would collapse under its own pride and its own non-utopianness and its own selfishness. And I'm sticking by that. Although I can see a scenario for John, I can see a scenario for Sansa and Tyrion, I can see, unfortunately, a scenario for Bran. I think Arya Stark dies. I feel like her arc completed... Uh, what she did a couple of weeks ago, obviously, and then we saw everything through her eyes last week. And that was intentionally done by the showrunners. They wanted us to be with someone throughout all of that chaos as opposed to just watching all that chaos take place. So we followed her through all this. I feel like we followed her for so long that it's time to watch her die. 
trying to kill Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys not going to end up on the Iron Throne either. The secondary part to the throne being destroyed, at least that I read in terms of the odds, was that the Iron Throne gets destroyed and Jon Snow becomes the new Night King. I do think it's very possible that we end with all undead characters and that this whole idea that everybody disappeared uh, in the third episode of the season turns out to come back and be flipped on its head at the end of the show. I think that would single-handedly redeem pretty much every issue I've had with this with this final season. Yeah, I, I think that would be yeah that would be bold. That would be awesome. And because like my my big problem with the this final season is the fact that they've kind of taken all the lore that they built up and just thrown it out the window. Yes. Um. So I I think to yeah to to have have that come full circle and have John actually become the Night King, I think that'd be so fun to watch and that would be that'd be that'd be a sick ending and and people wouldn't like it but I would and that's what's important. <laughs> so what do you actually what do you actually think is going to happen? Um, I think that Arya does kill Daenerys. Um, and I I I think she I mean it totally makes sense as to why. Um why she would be killed off in this last episode but i i think that she she lives she kills Daenerys, and that john does destroy the throne um but i didn't i didn't take it a step further with john becoming the night king that's that's pretty wild i kind of hope that happens i think it'd be really badass if that happened it'd be nice if like Arya finds cersei or jamie's body and uses their face in some way Hmm. shape or form to take out Daenerys. because i ultimately like you know like i said earlier we, her entire faceless men storyline hasn't come to fruition in the, in this last season or two uh where she has the ability to like even when she took out the night king why couldn't she have taken maybe one of the white walkers faces or something like that just to like kind of mask her even more when she ran up and ran right through an entire crowd of, of white walkers and, and took out the night king stuff yeah. like that like i think would have been would have been really awesome to watch and would have had had some more payoff so do you have some of these prop bets? Um, I do, I do. Well, the first the first prop bet is actually the first Stark to perish. Um, mm. So Arya's odds are currently at minus 200. Uh, that's who I would go with, because yeah. I don't think Bran's going to die. Yeah, well, that's uh, the, the odds makers don't seem to think so either. Sansa's at plus 150 and Bran's at plus 600. I could see if if any, I could actually see Tyrion giving his life for Sansa if it came down to that. But yeah. I, I think Sansa and Bran survive. I think Arya is definitely the most likely to die because she's been the one that's done the most already. So she's already checked off a lot of boxes. So if she were to kill Daenerys and then get killed right afterwards, I could easily see that happening. One one theory I did see too is the thought that Tyrion is the one to take out Daenerys because it would reflect the Lannister taking out the Mad mm-hmm. King. Uh, so now having Tyrion then taking out Daenerys, that that would make sense. Uh, but the the next prop bet is will Jon Snow survive? I, it seems unlikely to me. I mean, if he doesn't end up on the Iron Throne, like I don't see him like being Thor in Avengers Endgame uh-huh. and handing it over to Tessa Thompson's character, mm-hmm. I, I or to Valkyrie. I just I I feel like he's either on the Iron Throne or he's the Night King or he's dead. Well, he's currently sitting at yes, he will survive minus eight hundred, and no is plus five hundred. Hmm. So, well, that's um, tough. Yeah. Do you think he survives or no? I think he does. I th- I think he does. I think if Daenerys doesn't survive, he will survive. But if Daenerys survives, John dies. That's what yeah, I'm because thinking. she's going to take yeah. him out because she's full on power now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What uh, else? Third is uh, will Tyrion Lannister survive? 
I sure hope so, man. Yeah. I'll be really sad. He's the one character I want to see live through this whole thing. Right, yeah. Thank God he did make it all the way to the finale. He is one of the greatest yes. television characters of all time. So he's, Agreed. he's sitting at, yes, he will survive plus 300, no, minus 500. So, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> odds are not in his favor. Lastly, uh, the method in which Daenerys Targaryen perishes. It's not even whether or not she dies, it's how will she die. Tara Gara Ryan? <laughs> It'd be cool if a dragon killed her. <laughs> it would. It would. Um, arrow plus sixteen hundred. Axe plus eight hundred. Sword or dagger minus six hundred. Fire plus sixty six hundred, which I feel like is still uh, is still a little too likely because we know that she can't really uh, takes her own life plus one thousand and survives plus three hundred. So. Uh, well, that's interesting. What one one quick question? What's the yeah. best episode of this series to you? For me, it's the ninth episode of the second season, the Battle of Blackwater Bay. That remi- that remains to me the highlight of this show. Probably the sixth season finale, the Winds of Winter being number two on that list. Yeah, no, Winds of Winter is super high for me as well. I think the Battle of the Bastards is number one for me. Yeah, see, I've always I've always felt that one was overrated. Okay. I feel like I'm in the minority, but uh, I mean, certainly. It's better than the undead battle that we got. Right. It's bad. Yeah. It's better than the battle of Winterfell, I would right. say. But battle with Blackwater Bay to me is the one that really hooked me on the show long term. Yeah. Uh, just loved it, and Tyrion's role in it was tremendous as well. All right. So game. It. We'll, we will do one more Thrones talk next week because okay. I'm sure there will be plenty, plenty for us to discuss. We'll finish up the show coming back next. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. We we could take your calls if you have Thrones thoughts. But we'll, we'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment of the program, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Fox Sports Sunday. Brian No, Andy Furman, my guys coming up next. No up in Portland. Sure he'll have thoughts on the Blazers. They'll be ready to fire. I said, and we talked a lot of thrones. I knew we would. I said if you wanted to talk thrones on this last couple of minutes, they'll have to be kind of quick. We got a couple of phone calls. We'll get to them right now. Robbie, up in Portland as well. Not a great place to be if you're a Blazers fan. Let's see what he has to, to has to say to us. Robbie, what's up? Yeah, it's been a rough day over here. That's that's for sure. But yeah. uh, we're we're chugging along. Good. And good, we're, good, good. we're hoping to steal at least one of these games in Portland. But yeah, it's uh, we're we're happy to have gotten this far. So without Nurk, uh, a lot of people were doubting us. So we're happy to be where we are. And if Damian Lillard's got separated ribs, which that just doesn't sound very good, uh, you guys were dead in the water as soon as that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it's not like he's quite been playing himself the no. last few games. Definitely not. What do you got for me? Is I think you, you want to talk some right. Thrones, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, but yeah, Blazers, it's a, it's a, it's a sore subject, so I had to get a little bit off my chest. Yeah, right. no, I got you, brother. <laughs> but speaking of sore subjects, I'm feeling the same way about Game of Thrones. Yeah, this, all right. This last, this last season has been emotionally just absolutely horrendous for me. Because the majority of my adult life, this has been an incredible blessing and gift in my life. But I feel like over the last five weeks, it's, it, I can't help but think that this show is going to go down in history as one of media's biggest disappointments. Right? I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I really feel like they've laid, they've laid a pretty big egg in this last season. Well, uh, yeah, well, I appreciate it, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, look, there are very, very few shows that have eight seasons in them. Most shows don't have three. Very few have four. Almost none have five. Most of them live long enough to fall apart. Lost is my favorite show of all time. Most people hate the way that that series ended. I'm on the opposite side of that spectrum. 
But you're right. In Game of Thrones, in terms of the viewership that it had at the end and how long the delay was to get to this final year and to cut it just to the six episodes, not to do the 10 HBO originally wanted, and then Benioff and Weiss going on to do Star Wars... Uh, yeah, they've left themselves, they've left a door open to upset a lot of people. But the thing is, there's so much detail and so many characters in this show. Same thing with the books. I have no idea if George R. R. Martin's going to get the book read. I would say he's probably not going to get it written, quite frankly. But you weren't going to please everybody with this ending. But I think that Robbie's point is the one most people have been making. I'm not as down on this season as most people because I actually anticipated that this was what we would get. Let's go to Danny in Maryland real quick here in our final couple of minutes. Danny, what's up? Hey, Jason. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, unfortunately, I think Tyrion is going to be the first to die on the oh. next episode because um, if you notice in the last uh, episode, Daenerys and Tyrion had a scene where she said that if you failed her again, uh, it will be the last time. And uh, I think she intentionally set it up to where she would allow Tyrion to free her brother by, uh, you know, letting the, yeah. the guard leave that easily. And I think in the beginning of the next show, it's going to be her addressing all their Dothraki and Unsullied, and there's going to be an impromptu trial with uh, Tyrion, you know, being killed. I hope you're wrong, but there's definitely sound logic behind that, Danny. Really appreciate the phone call. I, I don't want to see Tyrion die. I could see it. And then Arya's height, maybe it's Tyrion's face that kills Daenerys. You know, you've got that as well. If Jon Snow were to die, then Jon Snow could kill Daenerys, and it turns out to be Arya Stark. There's a number of different ways that they could go tonight. My prediction stands. I think Arya doesn't survive because she's already done so much that it doesn't make sense for her to end up triumphant in the end. This show's not going to have a happy ending. I feel like the Iron Throne gets destroyed. I've said this since the very beginning, and that I, I did not hear this until just a day ago, but that Jon Snow becomes the new Night King, and he's the one that also destroys the throne. And then we end up kind of where we started, where there's an undead army coming, but one that we know a lot more about. We never really learned about the Night King, who he was originally, not in the way that we could have, to be sure. We will talk about Game of Thrones next week on this program. I'll be in for Clay on Friday as well on Outkick the Coverage. Always appreciate all you guys chiming in. Stick around. Andy Furman, Brian No, Fox Sports Sunday, rolling up next, right here for you. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.